everybody and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein and we have quite the show for everybody today. We are talking about the hot new film The Woman King starring Viola Davis and in order to break down this episode I have two very special guests one of which is dealing with some connectivity issues uh, the entire system apparently needed to be rebooted just a few minutes before the show started, but I can't blame him because my entire internet went out today for like five hours. So it's been a very strange uh, electronics day is all I'll say. So we will welcome our other guest, which is a great friend of the show, Maya. Maya, welcome to Comics and Cinema. Hi, thanks for having me, even though I asked you to be on the show. <laughs> Hey, I anytime we can get you on the show is always a treat. So I'm glad. I, sometimes I get I get so focused. Plus, as you guys know, I've uh, I've been incredibly busy this month. My entire family is getting married this year, and so I've had two bachelor parties in the last three weeks. Um, and I'm not a crazy partier, so it's been very interesting. But uh, it has left me very tired. So on these last few episodes, I've just been kind of okay. I'm just going to do it, get it done real quick, and go back to sleep. Um, so I do appreciate you kind of reminding and calling it out. Um, and I'm glad too, because like I said, you know, uh, this other guest who just is here and I'm pulling in as well, Rob got to see it as well. So Rob, welcome to the show. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Can you hear us? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. We were just saying, uh, just had to deal with some technical difficulties. So we're here and we're good. So we are talking The Woman King, uh, again, just released in theaters last week. Uh, I got to see it last night in Dolby. Uh, Maya and Robert, I think both of you guys got to see it over the weekend. Is that right? Yeah. In a very, very raggedy theater, but the movie was... <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, interesting. Different theater situation in the Pacific Northwest, I imagine. Yeah, huh? very different sound. <laughs> uh, well, well, Maya, we'll start with you up at the top. Overall thoughts of the film. I absolutely adored this film. Granted, I did not have the historical context beforehand. Um, I didn't do a lot of research before. So I just remember seeing the trailer. I'm like, oh, it's Viola Davis, Lashana Lynch. Of course, I'm going to see it. So when I say that this movie just moved me in so many different ways, um, I, I thought it was just amazing. And I just think about like the first time I saw like Gladiator or like movies like that, like those really heavy combat movies. And like for them to like be able to have that and more from like a representation level and also just like early historical level, I think was really great. And it translated well on screen. Um, and a lot of women that I absolutely adore. And then this movie even opened up the door to more like women actors, actresses that I love. So lots of great things here. Nice. Awesome. And I will say uh, we will be talking spoilers about this movie. There really aren't any. It's a historical picture. So <laughs> anything you need to know, you can just go look up online as well. Robert, overall thoughts of the film? Uh, same thoughts as Maya. I thought about Gladiator, all like the visceral action and everything. It was it was really dope. Like from, from the jump, as soon as the movie starts, it, it, it lets you know right off the bat, like these women ain't playing. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right about that for me, and and that's only because I recently watched it last week, The Northman again. Uh, it reminded me a lot of that too. Very similar in terms of just 
people wrecking shop. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. The movie, uh, it kind of opens up immediately with a fight. They're really, at least the way that I saw it, it's kind of like there were three big fights. There was the, the beginning fight at the very beginning, which I, I think is fantastic for kind of establishing how powerful these women are. And then you've got that middle fight, which is like the, this is what we've all been waiting for fight, which was awesome too. And then there's that final fight when they have to go back and rescue a couple people, which played out just as great too. Um, the movie actually starts out too, which I thought was really interesting, started out with kind of like a little, a little opening crawl and was explaining that the, um, this takes place during the early 1800s. I think they said it's 1823. So a lot of really uh, interesting history here that I, for me, I don't know a lot about that time period outside of the U S right. I was like in my head trying to line it up with, okay, when was, uh, when was the civil war? And so this, you know, this took place like 40 years before the civil war. So the big sort of backdrop of this film is slavery, um, which was interest, an interesting take. Cause again, this was something that I, I hadn't learned much about. I didn't see, I knew it was something that happened where a lot of these African countries would kind of sell off either their own people or people that they'd captured or, you know, had a victory over in war and would sell them to slavers. Um, trade it for, you know, I think I looked on Wikipedia was saying, you know, like alcohol and other food supplies, it's just a, a wild time too. And I, I wanted to get you guys' opinions on that. Cause I just kept thinking like what a, um, it's kind of like a, not a self-fulfilling prophecy, but it was just so strange how the European culture was able to convince these countries that their own people were worthless. And there was even a line in the movie towards the end when King, um, King Gezo was saying, you know, the, basically the biggest trick that they pulled was making us think that we could put a price on our head, right? That like, mm -hmm. you know, that people were actually worth an amount of money. And so, Maya, we'll start with you. What, what did you make of that entire kind of um, theme in the movie? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Again, it was also a new perspective for me. I haven't seen any story told around like the slave trade from like an African um like royalty like basically whoever's like running the shots on that end that perspective but i think it was interesting because really what they were doing was the enemies of that specific tribe like the dahomey it was like their enemies are the ones that like the people that they had like imprisoned those are the ones that they were basically selling to the slave trade selling them to like the white colonizers so I thought that was interesting because it's like, man, it's a point of time where it's like this community, the first time they have to be like, okay, us as a people, meaning black people, because before that, like when the white man's not in the equation, it's just friend enemy. It, this like I, the idea of race, skin color probably didn't even come into factor. So, you know, for them, they think it's a very efficient way to get rid of their enemies. And they realize like, wow, this is going to cause a global problem of like, the like these white European countries are now going to see us inferior because our enemies are now their slaves, but they don't know the difference between, you know, a black person from this tribe versus this tribe. So I feel like it did a good job of like opening up perspectives um, for like the, this African tribes because they weren't forced to, or did they couldn't even think of that perspective ahead of time. So I thought that was really interesting just to see how all the, the trade network kind of worked in that regard. Yeah. Rob, you feel the same? Yeah, I do. It's, it's just, you know, 
from from way back when they've been trying to you know come in there and divide and conquer basically and then they're still doing it to this day with you know africa has a lot of natural resources that the world you know seeks out so the best way to do it is to like make one tribe jealous by giving them stuff or giving them weapons stuff like mm-hmm. that and, and making them hate each other it, it, it's the same stuff it, it's you know slave trade uh uh natural resources like oil diamonds and stuff like that it's it's all still happening so Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and that's that's what was interesting to me because I I know we had spoke on this a little bit, but there was some backlash for this movie that uh, I was kind of bummed to see initially because I was uh, again I was hanging out up in the mountains and I was just scrolling on Twitter and one of the headlines was boycott the woman king and I was like oh man I was really looking forward to watching this movie <laughs> but then I clicked on it and I was like oh okay like okay, and and they were all talking about that this movie um you know kind of brushes over a lot of this stuff i can't believe that they're hiding this part of history and so i was like you know what i'm just gonna go see it for myself judge it for myself see how that goes and i i thought it was awesome like the movie itself i thought was great and i thought it was a really great glimpse into this because you can't tell a story the way that Mm -hmm. this actually happened because that's not a movie like that's just Mm -hmm. a documentary and it would be a really sad documentary so what i Mm -hmm. learned when i was doing research on so the dahomey tribe uh, was around starting in like the early 17th century. So like the around the 1600s and they lasted until around 1904. So if you think about it in that perspective, we're getting a glimpse through this movie of kind of the dying days of this tribe. Obviously it sounds like they had maybe about 80 more years to go, but in the way that the history was, this was their livelihood. They traded mm-hmm. slaves all that was all that they did. And they did it for all of their uh, supplies, which again, I kind of talked about in, in earlier, but is interesting because there was even a moment and it said in here that they were kind of trying to convince this king and it's the king that they show in the movie. Uh, oh, well, we could we could sell other things like palm oil instead. And that's a big piece of the film, too, is uh, Viola Davis's character. Um, get her name right. Uh, Naniska. Um, she is trying to convince him, like, we need to stop doing this. These are our people, which I thought was a really powerful message that like the head of the military essentially is saying this. I, I wouldn't have expected it to come from her. But he's like, okay, yeah, you know what? He, she shows him the palm, like desert, basically, of all of these different, you know, palm trees they're working on. And he's like, we'll give it a shot. And so, you know, in the movie, when it ends, you're like, okay, cool. So, you know, they kind of solved the problem. But when, when you read the history, they tried that and then immediately went back to doing the slave trade uh, very quickly afterwards, just because it was more lucrative. And so, you know, I'm not here to certainly pass any judgment on an ancient tribe that I know no, no one from. But uh, I just found it very interesting because one of the pieces of it was Britain and Europe, basically, the the empire tried to stop them from doing that because they were getting to this point in the late 1800s where uh, everyone was trying to abolish slavery, especially in Mm -hmm. Europe. And so these guys, at least the way that I read it, I interpreted it as they were like, hey, like, we still have more people. Come buy them from us. And everyone was like, dude, no, like, we're done doing that. That's not okay anymore. And so they actually kind of canceled them in a sense. And that's what the downfall was of their their tribe, because they weren't able to get a lot of other income, which is just a bummer because they they were a coastal. It's like on the coast. So there's a lot of resources they probably could have offered. But it's just it was one of those things where the. It's weird to say it this way, but like the slave trade went out of style in that area. And so people didn't want to associate with it anymore. And they weren't smart enough to try and use some other thing to get the money. So um, really fascinating in that regard. And again, 
you don't get to see that in this movie because that's really depressing to watch. And so you're kind of watching in this very small window between that moment of like, okay, maybe there's some hope they're going to be able to change their ways, which I liked. It worked for me when I was watching. I was like, okay, this is really cool just to see how they reckon with it as well, both her as the woman king, but then also him, uh, which was uh, John Boyega, who I thought did an awesome job um, <clears throat> as the king of him having to reckon with it. Cause it sounded like his brother was big on it and he was making it sound like he wasn't as much, but again, in reality, he was the one who was doing it, but very interesting. Yeah. I, I have some thoughts there because at first I went in without seeing the boycott, the woman king. And I, I knew the history like afterward, like after I saw the film, like, when I say after, I mean today. <laughs> and we're <laughs> chatting about it in our chat. So um, I think I can't help but feel like I see where the criticisms lie because if that, I mean, like you said, it's like they stopped the movie before all the bad stuff happened. And I agree, like the story it told was very empowering for a lot of, for a lot of reasons that go outside of like the actual historical moment. But I think that there was an opportunity for them, like a lot of biopics. I even think of that one, um, something set, uh, oh my gosh, that movie, the court movie about like all the people that were, I'm the blanking Chicago, Trial of Chicago yeah. 7. Trial of Chicago 7. So like at the end they said like, where everyone ended up and like the hit oh. like real history i think there's an opportunity to do something like that at the end because it is kind of like a big deal like you ended like okay they're going to focus on natural resources and not like selling their own people but that's not really what happened so i just felt like i mean obviously you want to end it on a high note we see the be like crowned as uh king I just wish that they would have said, acknowledged it at the end, especially since a lot of the marketing is around real historical events. Like really, it's not even just saying like inspired, it's saying, you know, these are historical moments. And this was even in Viola Davis's interviews. So I do think that there, it could have been better at like managing those expectations. But what we got, I think is an empowering story. And I, I can't be mad at it, but I I, I do, exp I, I expect more now that yeah. I'm educated on the history. And that's a good point. That was, that was a piece that I was kind of, I felt that exact same way. Cause as the movie was slowly ending again, I didn't know how it was going to end, but I was like, Oh, I kept saying, thinking to myself, I can't wait till like, what's it going to say? What's the crawl at the end going to say? Because, you know, mm -hmm. at the beginning, it kind of has that crawl. And I was assuming, like you did with a biopic, that there'll be a, oh, you know, this is what happened to the queen. This is what happened to the king, yada, yada, yada. And it just ended. And I was, and I didn't think of it at the time. I was just like, oh, okay, cool. That was great. But now that you mm -hmm. mention it, you're right. There should have been something. And it could have been, you know, it wouldn't have been a nice thing, right? It would have been like, well, shortly after this, they went back to the slave trip. But it would have at least provided a little bit of background, a little bit of acknowledgement. Um, but I think beyond that, the movie did what a lot of movies have been too afraid to do for a very long time. So it's like, mm -hmm. at the same time, they're taking some pretty big steps, I think. Because mm -hmm. I can't remember the last time we saw a mainstream movie with uh, almost an entire black cast about black history that's not based in America. I thought that right. that was really cool. So to me, it's like, this is kind of the same as like the Eternals in a sense where this movie hopefully is kicking the door in. And then we start seeing some more films that maybe dive a little darker into that backstory of, of what's going mm -hmm. on. Rob, did you feel the same way? 
Yeah, I mean, I respect everybody's opinion, and I respect, you know, the people that boycotted it. Yeah, they have good reason to do it. But this story is about the ascension of, of the general to the woman king. So, right. yeah, it would have been nice to have that because you want – I'm sure a lot of people aren't read up on this history, but – if we're focusing on just what happened in, in the movie, then this that's what it's about. It's about, uh, uh, you know, Viola Davis's character basically become the, the title is Woman King. That's how she became the Woman King, basically. So I, I'm okay with it. I, I get it. I, I read about the history a little bit before the movie, but that didn't stop me from watching it. But that's what it was about. Because there, yeah. there's, there's plenty of other biopics and, and historical movies that leave a lot of stuff out, so... Right. You know, this ain't, this yeah, ain't the first time that someone left something out right. of a bio. Yeah, and it, to sure. say boycott is so aggressive because it's like, you know, this is the first time we got this type of representation. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, for like, there's just so many different layers to that. And I remember all of the critique about the um, Harriet Tubman film. Oh, yeah, and, you're like, right. Yeah. Like, people were literally like, boycott the movie just because she was, I mean, Cynthia Revo is you know, she's from England, she's British. And that's why people were boycotting it because it (laughs) should have been like a black American actress. And I'm just like, come on, like that's not the hill to die on, so. Right, if that was the hill to die on, no one would have gone to see Doctor Strange because of the ancient one not being cast as an Asian character. Right, so, I mean, I just just feel like if, you know, truly boycotting this film for that, well, like we probably, that will just really hurt these types of movies in the future. So I don't, I mean, I like that it's being addressed, but boycotting feels a bit extreme. And the I good mean, news is the boycott didn't work because the uh, the movie did really well. The projections for it were around 14 million and uh, it made 19 million. So it actually exceeded expectations, which is great. I mean, we have an actual huge scale action movie in theaters that you can go watch and be really entertained by and learn a little bit. So I think people saw that and kind of gravitated to it. What were you going to say, Rob? No, I mean, if any, if anything, it's just inspiring people to do more research. Like, like that, that's the, that's the, you know, the win-win part of this whole thing. Like, yeah, you, you want people to boycott it. Maybe that got other people interested to either go watch the movie or learn more about, you know, the Dahomey tribe and all this stuff. So, okay. Yeah. That's a great call. I mean, I certainly did. Afterwards, I was like, I got to I gotta see what of this. Because, you know, and I thought that. Like, some of this I know is not going to be true. So, like, I want to look up and see what parts of it were true, what parts of it, where they pulled this stuff from. So it was really cool that um, they, they kind of translated it really well. So we'll go over the cast real quick and talk about kind of our thoughts on some of these characters. So we talked a little bit about John Boyega as King Gezo, actual character. If you look on Wikipedia, there's actually a drawing of this king wearing a really fancy. He's got almost like an umbrella that is attached to a backpack sort of thing, like so that the sun wouldn't be in his eyes, I guess, was the painting they did of him. Mm -hmm. But um, but all of that was accurate. He had a brother, uh, though in real life, he kind of conspired to kill his brother versus it being the way that it was. So he was kind of a questionable king. But I thought Boyega did a really good job as the king. He, He gave off this really confident vibe while at the same time kind of acknowledging that he's like in a sense sort of the dumbest guy in the room when it comes to viola davis which i really liked that like the whole you know oh he's got his own opinion and then one of his wives like is like no it should be this way and he's like yeah okay maybe and then he goes to talk to viola and he's like yeah we're gonna 
doing that. And I'm just like, yeah, you're going to be doing that, man. Like it's Viola Davis. There's a great scene too. If you remember where, uh, she's there like all of the women are kind of got ga- his little harem is gathered there and she walks in and she's like covered in blood and walks off and they're like how is she getting away with this like walking in the king's thing or whatnot and they're like you just got here she has been she like saved his life like years ago she can do whatever she wants and i was just like that is awesome yeah i think john boy he did such a good job and i think it's funny i mean we joked about him like looking like prince and but it's like it's almost like reverse like you know a lot of like the royal like a traditional royal family from like what we know it's like the woman the queen is just there to look nice i believe that was the king in this instance right. like he was there to look nice i mean he made decisions but you know he was all happy about getting like some of the like the european trade like the the silks and like all the new like fashion and things like that so i thought it was just hilarious to just see how they position his character um, <laughs> he would have been an interesting mive guy <laughs> right We're starting the og mive <laughs> Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It's so like he, the he man great. queen, basically. That's that's him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the man queen is that what you said? Yeah. That's the that's, that's gonna be the sequel, like. and that's where we'll actually get that, that very dark explanation of what's been happening. <laughs> <laughs> In the man queen. You guys heard it here first. If that gets if that gets greenlit, you know where that receipt lies. Um. So okay. The. We'll talk about the one other man, and then we're going to go to all the, the wonderful women that were in this. The other man is Jimmy Odukoya, who plays Oba Ade, who was the general of the uh, the Oyo tribe, I think is what it was. The uh, mm-hmm. Basically, like, the bad guy tribe. I mean, we only see them very uh, – we see a little bit of them. They feel almost like a menacing presence more than they're actually menacing. Like, everyone always talks about them in whispers, but when they show up, the you know, the team just destroys them and it's like okay right. cool but he was uh he did a great job as an actor I, I was terrified of him just because of all the the way that they cut the editing of them cutting in the flashbacks of when she mm-hmm. she was raped by him was insane like how it was just very quick glimpses and so you kind of have to put it together but it's very easy to do so but then when you see him you feel like that scene where she confronts him at the first time and she realizes it's him. She like sees his earpiece. I got, I got chills when I was watching that. Mm-hmm. Cause I was just like, what a traumatic experience in that day and age. Right? Like she never got to go to therapy. She never got to see anybody like to have a talk with anyone, especially due to the situation that it was, which we'll talk about soon. Um, I just thought he, he was perfect for what he was. Again, he wasn't like some grand role to play, but I, in a way he was because he was kind of the driving force. And she talks about it at the end of kind of becoming a different person because of him, how she mm-hmm. she hid herself inside of herself, which was powerful in its own right. But Rob, we'll start with you. What would you think of uh, of this general? Uh I like the cast top to bottom, man. Like, yeah, like you said, he is a presence. He was real menacing, you know, like, like, like a lot of his stuff was like short and sweet. He didn't have a lot of lines, but like, just like the presence, the, the, the fighting styles and everything. Yeah. I, I think he did a good job. Yeah. Maya, same you. Any other yeah, thoughts? I think he did a good job. I mean, I think I like the fact that it was more so it wasn't like you said, his current, state that made him menacing it was more so his past and linking him with her trauma made him menacing so um i I really liked how they kind of layered on that to make him be more of a 
bad guy. It wasn't just him because he was getting his ass whooped every single time he was on the screen and his men. So I liked it. He got a couple good licks in, though, at some points, I think, before they had to run off. Man, that oh, we'll, we'll have to break down the action scenes because that second scene or the scene where they're at his place of business at the port and she, you know, um, come now comes out and saves her because she doesn't come back. Like that whole bit was so good, but yeah, let's, let's dive into the true stars of the show. So we're going to, we'll start at top billing. We got Viola Davis as Naniska. Um, just was absolutely incredible. I, I will not be surprised if she shows up in the Oscar runnings for best actress um, just because really anything that she does usually gets her a nomination, but she definitely earned it in this. Um, especially, I think she earned it actually more in the quiet scenes, but I feel like she should win because of the action scenes of like the fact that she was able to pull off that very quiet, sensitive side when she's talking with Amenza or with Nawe. Um, especially like those scenes in the bathhouse or the bathing area, basically. Um, but then just the, the raw action that she has, those fight scenes, the choreography of all of it. I, I thought she just did an absolutely phenomenal job. And the, this whole story, which again, we'll dive into here shortly, was just with her and her daughter was absolutely beautiful. Maya, thoughts? Yeah, she killed it. I mean, but she kills everything minus that... Uh... First Lady series. We're not going to talk about that. But she literally just blew me away. Um, I really, like you said, like the more quiet scenes where she's kind of just dealing with her trauma, um, I think were really powerful. And I love because a lot of the a lot of films just showcase, like, you know, the strong woman and they just make her strong 24 seven. So like the fact that we can see those more vulnerable moments through her character and and honestly, through her character, we also saw that like having a warrior, not having children, like committing to yourself, she's the top dog and she has a daughter, you know? So I, I loved how they like they created this system for the um Agoji soldiers on how to be best soldier, but it's like look at the number one woman and her story is even different. So yep. I love the fact that like through her character, they're able to show like difference. You don't have to be an Agoji just one way. Like, you know, your trauma, your life experiences is what got like what makes you unique, who you are. So I, I really love that with her character. Rob, what do you think of Viola? Uh, she's always A plus, man. So I, I'll see what she does with this fight training in like a Suicide Squad sequel or something. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, she Amanda against the world. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome, man. That you, you point that out, Maya too. I think that that was something that I was thinking of when I was watching it, just because again, you you see these tribes or these you just it doesn't really matter what culture it is, but it's like these self-imposed rules that they give themselves that are based off of like who they are today and and like I'm just sitting there going like why would you limit yourself like that like uh, but at the same time I was like I could see where back in the day like oh our best warriors they're completely pure they have no children like they don't have kids kind of like the black widow program it's like mm-hmm. kind of makes sense but then when we you know it's all all the reveals happen I'm like so what are they going to do? Kick her out now because she's, you know, she didn't follow the rule. And obviously they don't, but I'm just like, that's that interesting line that you have to deal with in those cultures. Cause it's like, so what are you going to do? Like, obviously if this had been like a Menza who had a kid 
yeah, we would have kicked her out, but it's like, it's the woman king. What are you going to do about it? Like at this point, right. the rules are probably going to get changed and now you can have kids. Um, if it, you certainly, if you want to, but man, and it's like, that was the perfect way of doing it. Cause any other movie that would have been like the, Oh, of course she's got a secret kid, blah, blah, blah. Like all of those pieces tied in together so nicely and you're completely taken off guard. So let's talk about now we, cause um, I think I hope I pronounced her name right, but is it Tuso Mbude Umbidu? Um, f- first, first role. Uh, did I say it right? Well, yeah, I literally watched an interview with her and Trevor Noah just so I can get, but I still, I think close. I think it's, yeah, I think what you said is. Okay, yeah. Tuso Mbidu, she was amazing, especially again when you look at that as like, I think this was her first big role which is huge, but the range of emotions that she gives and the journey that we take with her, I, I can't remember the last time I was so enthralled in a person as I watched them. And then when you constantly get these twists to where, okay, she's you know, a very traumatic scene where her dad is trying to sell her to a man to marry her off so that he can get money um, because she's being obstinate which I was just like, again, that whole toxic culture that still kind of persists sometimes today. It certainly isn't as bad where people aren't selling off their kid who's talking back to their parent. But it's like, man, if you had a voice back then, you were in trouble. And Mm -hmm. uh, and so then she, you know, she defies that guy. And he's like, that's it. I'm just going to give you to the king. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Okay, because I don't think that's going to go the way you think it is. And it doesn't. Right. She gets taken in and she's trained. And she decides that she wants to become the absolute best, which I thought was just, it's an amazing message anyway, right? Of, you know, whatever situation you're in, making the best of it and being the best. But then when it's shown, you know, how much, uh, how much Naniska hates her in a sense, like gets annoyed with her, gets mad at her. And then you think back to like, but that's because it's her mom. Like she's getting, and you have no idea that it's her mom. And you get that whole bit where she's talking about, oh, I've got a little scar on my shoulder. And she like looks at it like, what? And I was like, oh, no. Like the way mm-hmm. that the story just weaved that all together, I had I had no idea that it was coming. That was probably one of the biggest twists I've seen in a long time in a movie. And it hit me. I, I had some mm-hmm. tears come out because I was just so moved by it. Yeah, same. She, this is my favorite performance of the whole movie. I love Viola. Love Lashana, but she's gonna be a star. I was she she did that like so many different dimensions too, because it almost kind of like a Mulan origin story coming yeah. from like you know, kind of desperate means now like trying to train and improve herself and realize things about her make her unique and a better warrior than some of the other women. So I love the fact that we saw her, even though she's trying to train there's a lot of things about not being an individual not always doing your own thing but then that were great that she learned through being in a a goji soldier but then like being able to also commit to her individuality her skills her strengths that made her different like if she viola would have been dead within the first 20 minutes of the film if she didn't save her so like there's like different things that they they show through her character that like okay like being able to be in touch with your innate skills and abilities is also very powerful. Um, and I love the little the little romance. I know you said we're only going to talk about two guys. Oh, yeah, and I forget. He wasn't listed on the thing. I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. Malik, um, Malik. I thought that was, that was nice, too, because it showed that, you know, as a good soldier, you can still 
love, you can still whatever, um, you know, outside of the rules of the agoji. So I think she's the standout in my eyes. And I, I just hope that there's a, a second part of this movie in some capacity, whether it be a series or movie. Yeah. Rob, did you like her that much too? Oh, she did the damn thing. I didn't know that was her first time, like her first big role. So I'm very impressed hearing that. She's gonna be yeah, I think the only other thing she's really been in is she's in the Underground Railroad series that's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a couple of other TV right series there. roles, it looks like. Maybe actually stuff, foreign stuff too, from possibly African um, shows, which is actually kind of cool. Um, okay, now, and since you mentioned it, um, so his name was Jordan Bolger, and I was trying to, I was like, I feel like I've, oh, great. Okay, Rob, you're going to dig this. So, okay, so he's he's from, he was in Tom and Jerry, which I only saw a couple minutes of. I had to turn it off. That was bad. But he's also in The Book of Boba Fett, as oh, okay. it says SCAD, who I think is one of the tech guys, right? The modder, the mod guys. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm thinking, I think so, but he, he reminded, I told you, he reminded me of Jack Sparrow. He's like the, uh, he's, <laughs> the Brazil, he's like the, he, he's, he's basically, the, dude with the, eye, is he? the what? I, yeah, I think he's the guy with the eye, with the oh modded eye. Oh God, that's terrible. I yeah. know, I know. This is his best role so far, but he's getting there. He's still <laughs> some work to do. There's a little bit of, I, I like this and I, I think this, and again, I was looking at some of the kind of history behind the movie. They said that, the, so it's like him and his buddy named, I think his name was Santo, uh, mm-hmm. who is from, they're both from Brazil. And so Santo is a slave trader. And mm-hmm. this guy is half Dahomey. His mm-hmm. mom was uh, traded as a slave to someone in Brazil. They had a kid. And so th- th- that's him. And so his mom's last dying wish was for him to go to the tribe to just see it for himself, to see where he came from. I loved that whole concept, that whole conversation he had with the king where she, he's like, you know, give my regards to your mom. He's like, I just buried her. And I was just like, dang. And he's like, well, this is your home now. I loved that. And, and it was really cool to see how anti-slavery he was even though he's kind of hanging out with the slaver and so his i feel like his lens was what the movie makers were trying to push that whole you know anti-slavery idea was through him of like see there's like people back then who weren't really big fans of slavery and and you know he has that whole big bit at the end where he helps out the group escape and his friend you know gets his friend killed so there's a kind of a cool trajectory there but i also loved that he was really nice to now like you know they and they made they never made it seem like he wasn't going to be but she was always very reticent to be around him right like mm-hmm. there's that bit where she's in the house and she, she's like why are you you you've locked me in here and he's like here's the key you can unlock it whenever you want sort of thing like mm-hmm. i i liked that about him a lot but then she was comfortable enough to be like hey we got to go our separate ways and he was cool with it too so that was nice right yeah, I think it was, like you said, it's a good way to show, like, those two identities, like, how he coped with it. And, like, just because you were conditioned to be, you know, uphold these ideas of slavery doesn't mean that's you had to continue that way. So it was a great break in the road. And I also I love the scene with uh, Naui when she had to leave and she had to put on, like, the undergarments, oh, of, yeah. like, a, you know, traditional whatever uh, garment to... Um, I thought that was another good way to show like how she was different and didn't uh, mind like deviating from the other soldiers. 
Mm-hmm. And that but bit like where it. he's like, I don't have anything to give you. And she just grabs a sword. And I was like, nice. <laughs> yeah. Just take that. Rob, we'll, we'll go down to you on this one. So we've got Lashana Lynch playing Izogi, who uh, she I thought she was phenomenal. What did, what did you make of her? Uh, I loved her in this. Uh, she's very charismatic. She's kind of like got the comedy relief and everything and like no nonsense. It's like the whole package rolled up into one, you know? Like, and she she showed a lot of range in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially uh, there was I think was she the one that had the scene? I can't remember what the words were, but there was a scene where she's explaining someone. It's either her or uh, Naneska who's explaining something, and there's like a pa- there's a moment where they pause, and then like the impact happens or whatever it was. They're saying something like it's during one of the rituals or something, but I was just like, man, she is so good. She's got that fight with the guy with the spear where mm-hmm. it's like, who's going to grab. I think the way I love, they didn't even say what the rule was, but to me, it seemed like whoever grabs the spear first loses because mm. you're grabbing it to like instinctively take it out of you. And Oh man, when she won and just was like, let's go. And then afterwards, Nawe was like, I want to be like her when I grow up. Like I, I thought that was her relationship with Nawe too. That, that whole thing was just so uh, meaningful. I loved that. That was probably, honestly, I may have even liked that as much as uh, the, her and her mom. Like I, I thought that that, and when she ends up getting shot, I, I could not. I did not believe that that happened. I was so mad because I was like, "Dude, you you say that you're anti-slavery, but it takes you ten minutes to come pull a guy off of her. Like literally, she gets shot, falls down, and then Malik shows up and pulls the guy off. I'm like, dude, if you'd have just been there two minutes <laughs> earlier, we'd have been fine. But it's no, like a Star Lord type of thing. Like, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you like yeah. Lashana as well, Maya? I loved her. Yeah, I think she was really great. Um, I, it was funny when she was talking about like her history, like how she got there. And I forget, it was like some traumatic thing with her. Oh yeah. Her mother was basically like prostituting her out, basically selling her virginity, all this horrific stuff that happened. And so it's like, when you think of the Goji as soldiers, there's so many women coming from different backgrounds. And so like someone like her who wanted more structure, who wanted that, like being told what to do is very different from now we where, you know, she had like this own sense of individualism where right. I, I love that Zogi was like different because it was kind of through like a need. So I, I really liked how they explored that. But it, yeah, like you said, it was really tough to see her see her die. And then the scene where I also the scene where she was very defeated, like she, when she was like she was oh. caught. And then she was like, it was now who had to like convince her to like, no, we can escape. So it's almost like the, like, it was so template, her mind was so templatized with, oh, you have to be strong and to be strong. Okay, I'm captured. I'm not strong anymore. She didn't know what to do. So I think that was a good way to show that, you know, through, didn't matter what circumstances, like, you need to like, you know, lift yourself up. You can do it. Have this confidence. It's not just, being associated with the rest of the soldiers you're a soldier even by yourself yeah i think that there's a really good message there too because it it really i I think it probably spoke to a lot of those slaves too at the time of that idea of like 
the minute that you got thrown in that cage, it was done. You're, you're over with. And that was, I mean, that was the point, right? If you can dehumanize somebody to that point, put them in a cage, put them in shackles, they're going to be defeated. But in reality, they're not yet defeated. There's still things that they could do. And it was so cool for her to be the one to share that with her, because in the beginning, she was the one that shared that with her of like, it's going to be okay. You know, rule number one, do everything that I'm going to like, do everything that I say I thought was great. Uh, and then, oh man, just the minute where she's like, she pauses and she looks up and she's like, you need to correct my arm. And I was just like, oh no. And oh, it was, it was so messed up, but she's just boom right away. She's like, okay, we're going to do this, 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 and this, like just that idea of like the minute that you realize that you're not confined to your situation, the way that you think you are and your mind just opens up with possibilities. Uh, she did such a good job of showing that. And I think it, it, it spread to a lot of the other people that were in there too. Cause they started being like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's do this. Um, oh, yeah, that was, I'm getting chills just talking about it. That's the, I forgot about that. That scene was so good. Um, okay. We've got one other person too, in the main squad, which is Sheila, a Tim, Sarah herself from Dr. Strange, <laughs> the multiverse yeah. of madness. I got to tell you, I was semi impressed with her in that because what well, we got two short, very short scenes with her. I feel like I've seen her in one other thing and I'll double she check. Was in on that. That. Did you watch that Halle Berry film on Netflix when she was a boxer? She was in that. Is that bru bruised? I'm seeing on yeah, here. Bruised, yeah, bruised. I've not was, seen that. She was in Pinocchio, really good. though. Did you see that? It she said was she was uh, Signora Vitelli. If that rings any bells. Her. Right, you said you watched that movie twice. I did, but I did not remember her. <laughs> Must be a very, very... She's also in the Underground Railroad as well. I'm going to have to check that show out. Um, there, there has to be something else that she was in that I saw. I'll look on my phone. But seeing her in this made me pretty sad because I was like, huh, I guess we're never going to get to see these acting chops in Marvel since they killed her character off in Doctor Strange. Yeah, she was so good in this point. movie. Like, I was just like, man... Marvel made a really big mistake uh, getting rid of her, but maybe that means they recast her as something else, kind of like Gemma Chan. I thought she was amazing. She mm. was, she was the, she was literally to from Pinocchio. She was the Jiminy Cricket to uh, Nanesca. I felt like, yeah. like anytime something was going on, she would. All, I loved that scene where she's like, "I don't want to. I didn't want to say this in front of the group, but you literally just did what you said you weren't going to do." And that goes to that scene. So for those of you listening that haven't haven't seen or did see it, the amazing scene that the whole army shows up at the port to go fight. The plan is that they're just going to uh, free, I think, free a couple of people and then leave. But then Nanesca stays to fight this guy. And there's a whole group of people coming. And uh, Nawe runs to cut this rope that blocks them all in to sort of protect her. But then when they're done, she gets mad at Nawe. She's like, no, you did not follow orders. You went off on your own. And I'm as I'm watching, looking, I'm like, you're literally describing what you just did because you've got, you know, the anger in your mind. And so to see uh, to see her share that with her, I thought was nice. The whole bit about reading the uh, the seeds or uh, I thought was really cool as well. I'm um, talking about and I was thinking about that the entire movie when she's like, OK, you know, I had this dream where um, I'm seeing this. It was like seeing a tiger in the distance. And she's like somebody from your past. And she's like, you're going to have to be more specific than that. But then she comes back and she's like those seeds were right or something like that. Like I oh, just the general whole... shows up literally like right after that. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, she's like, is everything okay? And she's like, your seeds were right. I just, man, she going back to Viola. She just did such a good job of having like 
that quiet desperation where she she needs to release these emotions, but she can't do it around anybody else. She's got to go do it alone. And then every time she goes to do it, though, um, she keep uh, she comes in. Uh, Amenza comes in somehow and she's like, what's up? What's going on? And so she really did kind of feel like a confidant. Rob, what do you uh, what do you think about her? I thought she was great, man. She's like the, 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 you know, the voice of reason for Viola's character. You know, she, like, she's the one helping her fight her, her demons. You know, I guess you talk about the, the whole movie, like, the whole reason she was going out to jail in the first place and, like, broke protocols because of her, her internal struggles and, you know, her, her uh, trauma. So, I, I thought her character was great. Like, like you said, I wish they didn't kill her off in Dr. Strange, but, you know, multiverse scenario might get it back somehow. <laughs> that's true maybe they pull on from someone else hey uh if you yeah. could too rob check your volume a little bit i was having a hard time hearing oh, you i could i could barely hear you maya what about you what do you think of amenza i thought she was great like i mean that was a really good analogy like Juni cricket but she was the teacher she's like when all the kids were walking she was the teacher that some very minor role so <laughs> oh, okay okay yeah. it's um but you know I, I thought she was great and i mean like everyone, I feel like she just fit perfectly. It's like everyone had a very specific theme that they wanted to champion for each of the characters. And I think, like like you said, voice of reason, like constantly like encouraging characters to reflect really came through her. So I, I really liked that. She was like very much a motherly figure. And in a weird way, a motherly figure to Nanesca, in a right. sense. Which, yeah, she, I thought that was really cool. And she had, an, I, I can't remember exactly, excuse me, what her backstory was, but I know hers was interesting as well. It was like, oh, wow. Like every, like you were saying, everyone kind of came. That was the beauty of this group is like, especially in that opening scene where they just brought everybody in and they're like, this is your new life. Like you're going to be training to be a fighter. And if you don't want to, you're free to leave. And I was like, Oh, the way she paused before she said it, I was like, are they going to kill anyone who tries to leave? But they all, there are people that were la that left. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know what? Good for them for being like, you know what? You don't want this life. Um, there's another character played by, I think it was Jamie Lawson named Shante, who was the other girl. She had the, she had the red braids at the time when yeah. it began. Mm -hmm. Man, that bit where she, uh, where Nawe like turned to both of her sides, and the one girl was like, I don't want to be here. And she was like, Why are you here then? And she's like, Because I have nowhere else to go. And then she turns to her and says, You know, why are you here? And she's like, I'm tired. I want to be the one doing the hunting. I'm tired of being hunted. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then she's like, Badass the entire rest of the movie. Like that end, that end test where they're going through it. Oh my gosh, that bit where after they get through the thorns and she's like beating her going down the thing and she just jumps and goes down was just like, oh my gosh. And I love that. Like she got super upset when she lost, but then right after all that was over, they hugged each other and they were super mm -hmm. happy. So it's like just seeing that competitive edge and, and I don't know. I loved that. I thought that was really cool. So Mulan. It was so yes, Mulan. Yes. Yeah. And I love that too, because through her character, because I remember she was captured, so they kind of had like the whole like you're not from here, you're like the refugee type of um, yeah. angle with her character, I believe. And there was like another more senior woman, yeah, uh, a goji mm -hmm. soldier who was like making fun of her. And then that character literally saved her, and like like she died as a soldier, like any other one. So I thought that was a good too theme that they showed. Um, like, yeah, it doesn't matter point. where you come from, you're here, we're fighting together. It was really beautiful. 
Yeah, that I loved that message, and it it was the delivery was a tiny bit corny, just because she was like sitting there minding her own business, and both of them got up, and she just turns right to her, and she's like, "You have no business being here. You're not welcome." Blah blah blah. <laughs> right. And, and Amends is like, "Hold on, let me explain to you why you're wrong." And I was like, "Okay," but it needed to be said because I think it was an mm-hmm. important piece, like you said, and it really did come full circle, man. When Shantae was in the field towards the end, and she's got the gun. And she like pops off on two people and then shoots that giant thing that explodes all the other people. And she looks at the girl and they like give each other a nod. And she stands up and it turns out she got shot too, which was a huge bummer. But uh, man, they just, they, it's just like Marvel. They gave everyone like a fighting moment too. And I, Amenza was perfect. She had the spear, uh, which was great. Lashana had just the animosity of the, she was like an animal just running around destroying everyone was, oh man. That action was was incredible. So I got to ask both of you. We talked about this as we got through. And Rob, we'll start with you on this. Uh, the uh, the Ago- uh, was it the Ogoje? Ogoji. Yeah. Ogoji versus the Dora Malaji. Who's who's Man. coming out on top? And this is prime Ogoji. So you've got Amenza, you've got Izogi, all of the no one's dead. Full team. Man, uh, that's a tough call, but I. I- I guess I'll go with Dora Milaje on this one. I mean, yeah. I, I like I like them both, but if I had to pick a side, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, okay, Maya, what do you think? Yeah, that was my answer. I'm sorry. Dora, I mean, even if you take Vibranium away from it, I just feel like they Dora Milaje seems to have a little bit more choice in their lifestyle, mm-hmm. and they're also not plagued by the patriarchy as much as the even though they're soldiers, um, you know, there's still this very kind of different environment than the Dora Milaje are. So I feel like it allows them to be more, I don't know, better, in my opinion. That's yeah. my theory. And I'm, I'm thinking that too. And I, all I'm thinking, my first thought was that they're definitely more coordinated than the Agoji are just because I'm thinking mm-hmm. of those scenes where they would all, you know, a hand clap and all of them would line up in the specific spots. Yeah. These guys did not do that. But there was that bit where one of them had Nawe stay still while she was like on her knees and used her back yeah. to jump up, which felt very Dora Milaje. But even so, yeah, they're from an advanced civilization versus these guys being not from an advanced civilization. So my money would be on the Dora as well. But I would pay to see that fight. I'd go front row to yes. see that fight. Oh, man, that would be great. And it would work. None. Of, I don't think any of those – none of those people are in the Dora Milaje. So um, credit to them for for casting some more people as well. Um, but yeah, so uh, Maya, any final thoughts on uh, the movie before we start wrapping up? No, I, well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say that I love that. And I saw John Boyega's interview um, that he did on the, the red carpet for the premiere. It's like seeing more dark skinned women. I think yes. you know, when I like on center stage and granted, I would say, and you, like a lot of these women have, unfortunately, dark-skinned women have been, you know, mainly for historical pieces as slaves, as a lot of the characters, as more masculine, more uh, kind of like typecasted in a way. So, like, just to be able to not only see the same old, same old, like the fact that Lupita wasn't in this was great because I feel like they tap her for any right. sort of historical black. Um, 
film. So I just like to be able to use this to launch other uh, dark skinned black women's careers was amazing. And I just, I mean, it's just amazing. It wasn't on the nose too. Like, Oh, we're trying to make a statement by having an all black female cast. Like it worked. And it, it wasn't like, it didn't, it just felt like you were in the movie and it wasn't trying to, to be anything but that just a really, really good story. Um, so I loved everything about this. I cannot wait. This is, you know, I'm not really big on like purchasing movies. Um, so I, I will be definitely buying this if it's not on any other stream. It's going to be your yeah, first disc this. purchase. This may be, and this may be the reason why I actually buy a DVD player. <laughs> well, hopefully not a DVD player. Hopefully you can get at least a Blu-ray player. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> I hope the Woman me. King comes out on VHS. Woo. Y'all hear the disc knob? Yeah. Okay. Both of them. <laughs> Rob, what yeah. about you? Oh man, it's an inspiring movie. Like, like it's, it's refreshing to see, like Maya was talking about. You know. Not not somebody being typecast, somebody having some you know power and showing, you know, like like real life. It's, 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 you know, Darcy and women are just typecast for one specific role. They do so much. There's so much can be done, and all these actresses are phenomenal. So it's good to see them be able to to you know show show more talent. You know, show what what kind of real talent they have. So I'm all for it, man. Yeah. yeah, huge shout out to Lashana Lynch in that regard because she's killing it. I mean, in a way, yeah. oh, she's yeah. typecasting herself, but to be Captain Marvel and Maria Rambo and to be double oh seven, yeah, and she's this, like, like ultimate she's action here, all the action beats. It's yes. insane. She's awesome, and I, yeah. I would also say this director was a Gina. Um, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Prince Gina Blythewood. Prince Blythewood. Blythewood. I would love her to take on like the door, like the Wakanda series. That's a really good. I'm idea. just saying. Yeah, I just think that was could. the That'd ultimate cool. resume. The ultimate she, resume. Uh, <laughs> she did uh, Love and Basketball. Yep. Um, but then she also she directed The Old Guard. If yep. you've seen that mm-hmm. on Netflix, and yeah. I really liked that movie. So yeah, yeah, I would love to see more from her. Um, I think this was great. I did. I did read too in the Wikipedia though, and I was like, "Oh, of course." The uh, one of the producers, I think her name was Holly. Uh, I'm gonna have to double check. Or Maria Bello, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, she was. Tra- yeah, she was traveling in. Uh, she was traveling in the area, and she like went to some historical site there and was like, "This would make a really good movie." And then she, so she's the one that kind of pushed it. Which again, it. it made a really great movie but i was just like oh okay so you know some lady on vacation that was out there and was like oh we could maybe we could make a little money off of this but it you know it turned out to be absolutely fantastic and i think hopefully like you said hopefully a showcase for a lot of these actors of like okay they can do more than this especially for like i would think for sheila tim because i don't know what else she's coming into i swear i feel like i saw her in something else i should have been looking that up but um, especially for Tuso and Bido, because she mm-hmm. give her some more roles right away. And you can even throw her in new action movies. Get her in the MCU, right? <laughs> who, oh, who yeah. we, we could have her replace Shuri <laughs> if needed. <laughs> it, only if needed. Only um, if needed. Yeah, she would be yeah. a good pick. <laughs> 
She's awesome. Uh, no, only thing I've seen her in was Doctor Strange. So, hey, I, I like her, though. So this is great. Um, but yeah, overall, like I said, I loved it, too. I, get, I give this movie a 9 out of 10. This will certainly come up again in my year-end discussion for top movies of the year. I uh, was very happy to sit in the theater for it. And it flew by. This movie is two hours and 15 minutes long. Did not feel that way. Uh, and I can't remember who produced it. I feel like maybe it was Focus Features. I, so I don't know where it would be coming to stream. But I imagine at some point it will. Um, but that's going to do it for us here, guys. Maya, Robert, thank you both so much for coming on. This was an awesome conversation. I'm, I learned a little bit more talking with you guys about this as well. So always a good time. We can have you both on. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. And for Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you at the movies.